This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. It's Hooniverse, it's just a verse of Hoon. Sometimes we talk about beer and maybe get to cars later. Yes, it's Hooniverse, one gets to drive supercars, the other has a bet and a scooter, and the third just moved away to Texas and he's not coming back. It's Hooniverse. Yeah. Welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast. I'm Jeff Glucker. With me today, as always, is my co-host Chris Hayes. Hey, Chris Hayes. <laughs> and my <laughs> best best buddy in the whole wide world, Blake Zastava Wrong. Hi, Blake. Hi, I'm Blake Z Wrong. <laughs> I uh I have a Mazda with an unreliable engine and a girlfriend that's in grad school. I'm totally Blake Z Wrong. <laughs> I believe him. I don't it's I don't know if that accent. was entire. It was kind of believable. I'll give you that. And uh, and with us today is Steph Schrader of uh, Black Flag, Jalopnik, all kinds of stuff, doing the writing thing. How you doing, Steph? Hello. Did you uh did you take over a Black Flag uh before or uh, or after Damaged? Because I really like that album. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Uh... Music references. Why? Why? And and, and right, some so will clearly, get it, some won't. But clearly, we are not the actual hosts of Hooniverse podcast. Uh, we're actually the hosts of the Camden Tubbed podcast. But because the Hooniverse guys are out this week, they asked us if we would step in and help them out. So we're going to do a little bit of a parody kind of thing, and uh, we fun. might throw in It'll some references, and we might just do our own thing. I don't know. We'll see how it works. It might be terrible. It might be awesome. I'm out of Blake Ron Cam Vanderhorst jokes. I used the one that I had. That's right. And I and I absolutely will not be able to do anything technical uh, that the level of Chris does. So I will tap uh, tap yeah. out on that. It's not yeah. happening. I'll continue to be Jeff um, for another little little block of time. So I'll say um, my truck is probably overheating again. Uh, I just had a baby. What's what's the other thing that I wanted to talk about? Oh yeah, I had an Audi S7 this week, and it was super fast. We, <laughs> we took it out to El Mirage, and we got it all dirty. And um, oh, I, I wasn't dirty, actually yeah. there, but Jason was there. So Jason, tell us what tell us about the El Mirage trip. Okay, so El Mirage is officially now my favorite place of California. <laughs> it is excellent out there, uh, and it is definitely the name fit. Because you can get mirages when you're driving, so that kind of works too. Uh, but it's it El Mirage. We'll just bring that up. It's very deceiving on how you think it's further than it is, and then all of a sudden, oh crap, you're out of room. So you really kind of got to be careful with how long you're maintaining speed there. Uh, so in uh, the quick bits that I drove the S7, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I really dug it. It was uh, very, very fast, uh, very comfortable, extremely comfortable, uh, and it went like a stabbed rat. So, I mean, much what more can you say about an S7? It's a uh, very, very fast, good-looking. Uh, I love the fast-back style of the S7. I prefer it to the body. S6. Uh, I like, because you, you can pop that 
fast. What are we gonna call it? fast pack hatch? Whatever, we'll call it that. You That's can a fit a surprise. You can fit a surprising amount of stuff in there. It's mm-hmm. really roomy, and it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, that probably hatch doesn't get good fuel economy, me. but it doesn't matter. <laughs> that hatch kind of reminds me of a like a, a Cayman hatch. Like you can fit more in there than you would think that you could. Or absolutely in, in Steph and my case, a nine forty four. You can fit a lot of junk in a nine forty four. You can, the nine forty four is much bigger. I can actually fit in a Cayman hatch, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's surprisingly large. But yeah, nine forty four. I mean, I could lay down in there and take a nap. Steph, you is had a, a uh, do you what place. year nine four four do you have? Uh, nineteen eighty four. Okay, yeah, I had an eighty four too. I actually prefer yes. the earlier interior to the later interior, yes. and I find them to be very cozy, uh, comfortable road trip cars. Yeah, not bad. I I actually uh, had an eighty three, and we did we did uh, like nine hundred miles in a day, and mm-hmm. it was awesome. I need to pop my nine four four cherry because yeah, you no, you don't. I have no, you don't. never no, he does. driven yeah, he one. Does. I, 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 I never driven one. I've never driven one. I want to buy a really nice one. Do it. What's I don't want to buy on one. Mine. I just want to drive one. Oh, what well, sold then. me on mine is uh, there's this uh off camber uh like a downhill corkscrew because I live out in the middle of nowhere. And I was test driving one. And the thing that you always read about on the internet is people comparing second gen RX-7s, which I also own, to 944s. Because they look kind of similar and they were around at the same time. Honestly, Mm. those are the only reasons. Because they're completely different cars to drive. And uh, the 944, like a corner that I could very easily get my uh, RX-7 sideways on. Like it would do Mm. exactly what I told it to, but it was that car's a very flickable car. The 944 just stayed planted like, calm down. I got this, and I was completely sold on the car at that moment. Mm-hmm. It's uh, they're interesting cars to drive. Uh, my boss and friend Pete actually owned uh, Brad's X nine four four, and he thought it was a very slow car. But yeah, well, I, it was I've slow. Never... I mean, that's kind of the whole point of nine forty fours is that they are slow. Yeah, but... I've never really cared. I mean, I like having fast cars or driving fast cars, but I would just rather have a car that's engaging to drive. Sure. Um. Obviously, I would love to have both, but I'm not at a point in my life when I can afford to have a really nice daily driver car that's reliable, fast, and handles well and does everything I need it to. So I have to pick one or two of those attributes. Yeah, yeah. Fast, reliable, cheap. The triangle always sticks. (laughs) Yep. Pick two is -hmm. what you get to do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when I bought the first 944, um, the one that ended up as a giant blue banana... Yes. (laughs) Did you crash it then? Uh, The first driver in actually got T-boned. So it was luckily on the passenger side. He just had a couple aches and pains. But it was the guy was like looking off at the side of the track instead of the stalled car in front of him. Ah. So. Yeah, that's no Um, good. Anyway, first time 44. I took a test drive, just like a few laps, and um, was sold on it. It was so, um, it was on terrible tires. So uh-huh. it was just so tail happy compared to anything I was used to. Like, I usually drive a Lancer. And it was just, it was hilarious. I, I got out, I giggled, I was like, I'm buying this car. How much? <laughs> <laughs> I need this in my life. So have all of yours just been pure track cars? Have you driven any on the road? Uh, I don't think I have driven one on the road, come to think of it. They've all mm. just been, um, yeah, lemons cars. Yeah, pretty much. 
mine would have been mine would have fit in real nice in the lemons paddock but mine um, probably should have been a lemons car it wasn't as nice as i thought it was <laughs> but i traded it in got more than i had paid for it six months prior and got a uh a ratty 911 out of the deal so Ooh, nice i i need a ratty 911 um yeah. i i need another one but they're like twice as much as they were when i got mine so i don't think yeah, i can get are. another one how long have you had yours cam uh, I bought mine in, I believe, May of 2013. It had to have been before that. No, I no, I paid 17 for it. I think. I don't know. That was the beginning I, of that. That was the beginning of my slutty summer. So I, I think moved, I got the 911. I moved to Nevada in June of 13. So yeah, that been I had just before. bought that car, and then I had the 944 before then. Oh, the same, okay. I bought that car, and then a couple months later, I got the Datsun, because those are two cars that you buy in the same year, apparently. But sure. I digress. Yeah, why not? So, speaking of crashing Porsches, uh, apparently, Magnus Nice segue, Walker, Jeff. <laughs> that is a very Jeff Glucker thing to do, and if you don't you're, agree, you're, you're, you're much wrong. Better than, you're much better than Brad at that. <laughs> Brad's so um, terrible at that. He just keeps going on tangents. Terrible. So Magnus Walker crashed his uh, his now iconic number two seven seven. Nobody really knows the story except for Magnus, probably at this point. But uh, supposedly he was in, I think, Philadelphia or something for a, a Porsche dealership opening, and they they had like a classic car rally in the area, like driving around in nice backcountry roads and stuff, and. Um, Something happened, and he somebody pulled out in front of him or something, and he swerved to miss uh, what was supposedly a vintage Mercedes, and spun and hit a tractor trailer that was unloading at the dealership, which is not good. And uh, I think the car will probably live on. It doesn't look... It looks mostly superficial. There's door damage, quarter panel damage, some windows busted out. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad to see. It's, Way to go, guys! <laughs> it's sad to see. We all had a moment of silence for the two seven seven. It's sad oh, to there, see the car in that go. shape because that's a um, that's an iconic car for a lot of people, especially for me as like a younger Porsche enthusiast. They kind of shoes away from the old guard of oh, let's backdate everything for the sake of backdating it, or oh, mm-hmm. let's all restore it to hundred point originality. You know, mm-hmm. I want. I want loud pipes that set off car alarms and a dumb cassette deck and Recaros <laughs> and harnesses and a roll bar. And... <laughs> oh my gosh, my 944 sounds so good without a muffler. I bet. Oh, yeah. I, I violate out, every so, yeah. <laughs> track sound limit now that is out there, and that makes it kind of unusable. And supposedly I wanted to, uh... it doesn't make good power with no muffler either. So No, it doesn't. Uh, I wanted that's, to port my RX-7, like I wanted to port the rotor housings on the RX-7 because I thought the engine was seized, but it wasn't, and uh, mm-hmm. it turns out the mufflers are rotted out even though the whole rest of the car is clean, <laughs> just from age, I guess, so the car actually sounds really rad, so A, I don't have to port it, and B, I don't notice because it's never made any power in the first place. <laughs> well, so oh! what happened with mine, um, the condensation built up. Apparently, if you only drive it for short distances, which I guess a previous owner did, because I'll spend like an hour in the car and be like, I'm just warming up. <laughs> um, apparently, you know, if you start it and stop it a whole lot, condensation builds up inside the muffler. So the only rusty thing on that car, it's been a California and Texas car its whole life, was a muffler. It just rotted right off. Hmm. Just cut it off. Just cut it off. 
Left over with it. There you go. Brad, uh, didn't you have a uh, header on pulleys, yours? Pulleys and flows. Yeah, mine. Pulleys did have and a flows. Header. I don't. I don't know why it had a header, but it did. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a header for my daily that I haven't put on yet, but I'm waiting <laughs> to. I actually have a tune uh, for that car coming up shortly. Just I don't know why because reasons. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I actually just did plugs on it, and the car felt so fast after I did plugs. <laughs> so well, here's fast. the thing. The uh, the electrodes were worn down on those plugs enough that the gap was like, I think it's, it, one of the plugs was .021 wider of a gap uh -huh. than what it originally came with. So the, the car, like, feels more powerful now. It's because I drive it so much. I drive it 140 miles a day, so every little thing I do, like, you notice it on the old butt dyno, so... sure. Obviously, a tune-up and oil change is going to make a lot more of a difference for me than it would for anyone, but it all goes back to the old axiom of when you buy an old car before you start researching performance modifications, just, like, go through all the basic maintenance, assume the previous owner did nothing, and uh, you'll be a lot happier with your new purchase. Or do As what I did, and, uh, and get an air-cooled 911 with no uh, no pre-purchase inspection, no <laughs> receipts, no pedigree. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing to do. You know, why why be responsible? <laughs> I'm really glad I did, though. It worked out. Sort of, yeah. I mean, you've got some minor issues, but it is worth a lot more than you paid for it. So It does. It, it do Okay, so it doesn't have an interior, and it tries to self-immolate every time I put the headlights on. <laughs> wow. And, and the hood hinges that. are bent, and it's been resprayed very poorly at some point in its life. But besides that and about ten other things, it's a great car. Well... I mean, isn't that the thing with, like, 277, the Magnus, going back to the Magnus car? That was his track car. That couldn't yeah. possibly have been a pristine example. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know it's mm -hmm. not as nice of a car up close as it looks in all of the pictures, especially considering it's a white car. It's going to photograph I've, way better than it is. I've seen it in person. It's, it's a rough car, and intentionally so. I mean, he's never done anything to make it not a rough car. It was his track car for, like, ten years. Yeah, and so, I've seen wadded up balls of lint come back to the track and be fine. So sure. get yeah. a good body straightener. I think it's fun. I'm not going to weep. He did a dumb. Nah. He he did a dumb. He did a very big dumb. But... Regardless of whether that shell's replaceable or not, 277 will be back in one form or another. He could swap sure. everything over to another shell and repaint nah. it and make it look exactly the same, and none of us would know about it. Nah, that car that car's caged. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But anyway, are, um, yeah. the one thing that I do have to say is, kitties, be safe on the street. Don't overdrive your limits. And, yes. um, you know, do all that. That's one of the things. I like Magnus. He's a great guy. But he does drive really fast on street. <laughs> like, there's you don't some think videos he just does that him, for videos? Yeah. There's some videos of him, like, going through downtown L.A. in the middle of the night. Just, like, blowing through crosswalks with people in them, like... This could have ended really badly. I know it didn't, but it really could have. So, uh, don't be like Magnus. Or, or be more like Magnus. Just don't drive like that on the street. Unless you're, like, out in the middle of nowhere somewhere. I don't know. And the same thing, too, is is if you go on your local canyon run or local track day, uh, you're really not trying to set a lap time. Just go right. out. Have fun. And I yep. notice a lot of people here in Southern California... They love to try to sit there and tr think that they're setting a lap time in the canyons. Do not drive beyond what you can see. Mm -hmm. 
and, yeah, and that was... goes for a lot of racetracks too that you're not aware, that you're not familiar with. Just drive what you can see; you'll be fine. Yeah. Just don't go I'd... above and beyond that. I do that, and I, when I was driving with Jeff, I mean with myself, I mean I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, in the in the S3, uh, a couple of months back, uh, I was driving a road I was unfamiliar with. I had myself in the McLaren behind me in the Audi. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and and I was like I was hustling, <laughs> but I, I was driving within my vision. But even within your vision, you can still be beyond your limits. Like, there was one point where there was a crest that had, like, a dip in the middle of the crest. So oh, I know I went, what you're talking about. Yeah, you do. And it's in the middle yeah, of the corner. So I was, like, I was in the middle of a corner. I was turned in, and the whole car basically just lifted up and shifted over about six inches. And that was enough to that like, turn is unsettling. That's it's unsettling. Yes, it is. Yeah, first time you did it. The first time I did that, I, I'm trying to think when we first filmed. I was driving a Mustang GT behind the Morgan three wheeler, but I didn't really start pushing. Uh, that was an interesting. That was an interesting I film bet. Uh, I bet. because my mine uh, my ST was at Mountain for a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. I and I couldn't use my wife's Altima Hybrid for a film because that's sure. stupid. Uh, so yeah, I went and got my used my Hertz Gold stuff and grabbed the Mustang GT and kicked nice. the snot out of it, uh, and then you know followed around in the Morgan. Uh, by the way, for whatever reason, traction control is not defeatable in that car. I could not get it to do a burnout, and I'm not an idiot. I know how to do a burnout, mm-hmm. and it would not do one. So, uh, but it was also like it was a thirty-two thousand mile rental car, thirteen Mustang GT. That thing was beat to shit. That was terrible. Oh, man. It was so rough. It was so rough. It was bad. I love rental cars because there's a lot more. I feel like there's a lot more variety in rental cars than there used to be. Like even like ten or fifteen years ago. So like sure. you can really see how stuff holds up because it's kind of like dog years. I feel like rental car miles are like dog years. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like one rental car mile is equivalent to like five to seven miles in a yeah. uh, in a regular car. For sure. So, like, I, I had a rental car, uh, a Jetta Sport Wagon, and I was surprised at how well the interior held up and how well everything worked, because the car had, like, 26,000 miles on it. Like, you know they were getting ready to turn that thing back in, and the car drove great. I mean, for everything you hear about mm-hmm. recent Volkswagens in terms of reliability, I'm really, uh, really happy with, um, I think, Brad, you were pleasantly surprised by the I newer was, Jetta, yeah, too. I was, yeah, I had a, I had a newer Jetta. I actually wrote about it for Hooniverse, um, it was a... What a, rotten rental car reviews or whatever. Jeff, uh, Brad, somebody wrote it. I don't know who it yeah, was. Yeah, Brad, not me. I'm Jeff. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I feel like a, the I feel like the Jetta car, is right? like our Subaru Forester, or what was it, the Impreza or the Legacy? What was the Top Gear, the car that they all agreed on that was okay? I think it was the Legacy. Oh. It was some Subaru. Yeah, maybe. It was maybe. like that's a pretty good seasons. car. Yeah, they're like yeah, yeah Legacy right. Car of the Year. Great. Like they For didn't the disagree on it, so it became Car of the Year. Yeah, it's it's a good car. Steph, how do you feel about the Jetta, the new Jetta? Uh, I haven't driven the new Jetta. Like, it, it's not Well, the new that new I'm one's really... not out yet. The Mark oh. 7 hasn't been oh. released yet. We're, he's still talking about the Mark 6, which is, like, already, like, four years old. It's just, oh like, my God. ugh. I when are they going to update it? That's what Volkswagen does, though. They, they, they're fairly, I mean, they're that's a four-year, four-model years. That's, yeah. that's long for Volkswagen. Yeah. Well, you're I talking mean, the... two to three when did Mark Five come out? Since then, it's just been Mark like Five every other was year. 05? Yeah. Since then, it's been like 05? every yeah. year they just they yeah. churn something new out. It's crazy. 
Well, I had that. I had a Jetta as a rental car, mm-hmm. and I remember being irritated because my wrist was in a cast, <laughs> and I couldn't turn the on switch without like hugging the wheel. Oh, because you had to do it with your left. Hand? Yeah. Well, because uh. well, either with my left hand or like completely like. I love you man to this car steering wheel, like just kind of over and, and under and just as awkwardly as yeah. possible. I really needed a GT3 RS. Sure. With a key, with the, on, the with right, the key on the left. Yeah. On the appropriate side. Right. Sorry, not the right side, but the right. Do you get like phantom left. broken bone pain in like the wrist that you broke? And is it not the shittiest thing ever or in your arm either or whatever well, that bone is called? Um, I pulled a scapegoat tendon, and it still hurts like crazy Ugh. all the Ow. time. So it's it, it'll never be the same. It, it's pretty terrible. So Ouch. don't hit my car. Huh. <laughs> Is it um, even like a street car accident too? So I didn't have any cool stories. I didn't punch no. a bear. It wasn't a race car accident. It wasn't. You know, everybody thought. You know, ooh, what did you do? Yeah. No, kind of one of those I, I went to lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done that. I I was um my ba- my first real big car accident was uh my I think my seventeenth just after my seventeenth birthday. I had had my car for a year. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. And I had just gotten in an argument with my girlfriend, and I was in 4H at the time. So on my way home from her place, I picked up chicks baby chicks to grow them into chickens oh no so i had a a car full of like 20 chickens in the back seat when i hit a tree and they were just they got out of the box and they were just like peeping all over the back seat of the car (laughs) (laughs) were were the chickens okay no they were fine they were fine well i mean they're not now but they were fine back then they're probably chick-fil-a now or something dude i saw I saw a how it's made of like baby chickens, like which I thought I was just gonna watch two like a chicken and a rooster fucking, but the actual video was like a factory where they were like showing how they raise chickens to lay eggs, and yeah. like the workers were just like nonchalantly just like picking little baby chicks up by their wings and like tossing them in different buckets, and they seem to be fine. They're durable little creatures. They're very, they're very durable. I feel ladies like ladies and gentlemen, be... Cameron Vanderhorst of this the Camden is... Tub Podcast. This is the kind of stuff. This is we the content all the you time. expect week in, week out out of the Cam and Tub podcast. You should listen every Friday uh, morning at 7.30 a.m. Only on is it at 7.30 a.m.? Shameless plug, Brad Jeff. 7.30 a.m. Jeff Brad. Oh, PST. Yeah, PST, not not EST. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was my big car accident story. Was uh, But I at the same time, I also injured my arm. So I was in a sling for uh, like two months. And, uh, yeah, I had to quit running track and field because, you know, your arm, you use that a lot when you're running. So that was my excuse that I gave to my coach that I couldn't run. And uh, then I went to college and got fat. So, yay! <laughs> um, so, Steph, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? You, We've brought you on here as a guest. Uh, you are a racing enthusiast. You like lemons. Um, you're a, a Puffalump enthusiast. Yes. <laughs> well, our first <laughs> lemons car was a Puffalump. That's, yes. Uh, the Porsche Lump, right? No, there was a no. Type 3. You had one before that. So, there was this Type 3, 
and it was paddocked yeah, okay. with I, I was my last project of film school i pitched um can i just follow around this lemons team and make a documentary about it and I ended up filming so much that he was like, y you get an hour's credit, a whatever, anyway, like, you don't even have to finish it. <laughs> it's still unfinished. I, I would really <laughs> like to find an editor who has the time to deal with it. But anyway, so I'm filming this project for last project ever of college. Um, and nearby was a, a team that I knew. They brought a Triumph that was the Black Knight theme. And they had this like mm -hmm. plain white Volkswagen Type Three, and it was it was mm -hmm. so boring looking, but it was white and it was paddock next to this other Monty Python car that I was like, you need to add like fake blood around the mouth and and bunny ears, and it should have been the Killer <laughs> Rabbit, and so I'm I'm just going around all weekend saying Killer Rabbit, Killer Rabbit, I'm gonna start calling that car the Killer Rabbit anyway, mm -hmm. and finally. Um, that team got bored of the car because it was a type four swap type three. And it was, well, to, to non Volkswagen people, a slightly bigger air cooled Volkswagen engine sure. that made yes. 82 horsepower new or so, like not Ooh. much on an, on an optimistic day. And, that and was... <laughs> probably 60 or so by the time we got it stuffed sure. into a type three, which is, you know, usually comes with less power. It was still dog slow. The team got tired of it. And so I was approached as like, hey, we want to do an all-girl team because that's kind of cool and interesting and different. And you could do the theme. Okay. So I made it a Puffalump. It, it wasn't teamed with the Black Knight anymore. Can you tell us what Puffalumps are? Because I think I just discovered what it is. You did. And no offense, it seems like uh, like shitty Care Bears. <gasps> <laughs> you are a bad, bad person. I'm sorry, my sisters, I have four older sisters, children of the 80s, Care Bears, original My Little Pony, all the way. Oh, and um, Strawberry Shortcake. I, I think uh, I, Puffalumps were, were to a younger demographic. They were like, uh, they, they were Fisher Were they like Price rough toys. and tumble Care Bears from the wrong side of the cloud tracks? Like, if you left your cloud car in Puffalumps Town, would it, would it be back on cloud concrete blocks when you came back? <laughs> Are we really making Care, 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 Care Bear jokes on the Hooniverse podcast? Well, what you're doing is, what you're doing is making fun of the guests, so... Uh, you know. No, no, I'm, I'm, I was making, I, I just went way off on a Care Bears tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, Cameron Vanderhorst, once again. So, uh, okay. Care <laughs> Bear To give you, to give you the, the, uh, the ability to explain yourself, what is a Puffalump? Um, a Puffalump is a Fisher-Price toy made in the 1980s. It was a, a line of stuffed animals. They had, like, wild Puffalumps that were, like, jungle characters and Hawaiian shirts and, like, goofy glasses i my favorite puffalumps were the easter bunnies because they were pastel they were cute they were fluffy they were a little smaller than the original puffalumps so they make good projectiles um <laughs> yeah all right and so i got a puffalump for my first easter um it was an easter bunny your first easter as of as of one year old as a as a less than one year old oh Okay. Yeah. Nice. I, I've been All dragging right. around Puffalumps ever since. And so, you know, when I started 
basically when Coda decided to be in Austin and open and whatever, I, I've been putting Fluffy on race cars. And, and yeah. sometimes Fluffy's friends, just because, you know, anybody can take a picture of a race car. It takes a real nut to put a Puffalump on it and take a picture of the Puffalump climbing in the race car. I yes. like that. I respect that. You have a thing. It's it's a thing that no one else can copy. <laughs> I feel like I already missed the boat on Doge-themed Le Mans cars, so I feel like the <laughs> Puffalump... I can live vicariously through your Puffalump car. Yes! <laughs> How how do I buy Dogecoin? Um, <laughs> Didn't that market um, like crash? I have no idea. I just I like saying Dogecoin. I had um, a I had like I had like ten bucks worth of Dogecoin. That's probably worth like ten cents now. I mean, I didn't actually pay actual money for Dogecoin. There used to be this website you would go to that was like a Dogecoin mime, mine, and you would tell them stories. The guy and mm. he would give you Dogecoin depending on how good the story was. And I told some story about, like, my high school girlfriend cheating on me and my identity getting stolen the same night and, like, that guy using it to try to buy porn, like, this all in the same day. And, like, sure I got, like, you did. I got, like, $10 worth of, do- worth of Dogecoin. Nice. From that guy, so now it's worthless. Probably. Aww. Just like that story. Womp womp. Like, I had a friend sell his Cayman for Bitcoin. Oh. Right before it crashed, too. Oh, I was like, no. oh man. I, I hate Remember to say Remember when that... there were stores that would accept Bitcoin? Like, isn't this... We're going to look back on 2013 and 2014 and be like, what were we thinking? We're going to look on those people <laughs> the same way like we're already looking at like 9-11 truthers. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, the people, like, or the people... Or the people who spent their entire life savings on Beanie Babies in the 1990s. Oh, no. Reminded that every time I go to a flea market, which I do often because I live in Lake County and there's nothing else to do. There's this picture on the internet that makes me laugh every time I see it, and it's a picture of a divorce court from the late 1990s, and it's a couple that's divorcing, and they're splitting up their Beanie Baby collection on the floor (laughs) of the divorce court. (laughs) I've seen that picture. It's it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and also one of the worst things because I there's feel a, terrible uh, for those people. There's an everything is terrible video where they just kind of like raid like the our VHS history effectively, and mm. uh, like late twentieth century culture and counterculture. And uh, one of the videos they have is like this old VHS of like the Beanie Baby market and how to collect Beanie Babies, and they just <laughs> isolate every time they say the word Beanie Baby <laughs> and make a video out of it. And the video is like three and a half minutes long. That's horrible. But apparently I need to preen up my puffalumps now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fluffy Bunny stays with me. Thank you Fluffy very much. Fluffy Bunny is mine. So, um, so the, the, the lemons thing was like your first uh, foray into cars in general, or were you always kind of a car enthusiast? I was always kind of a car enthusiast. I mean, my dad okay. would take me to like car shows and stuff when I was a kid, and I would Really liked, you know, the, the cars with, like, lots of chrome or, like, the really cute cars, like the Porsches. Porsches are cute. There I said they it. Have, they're adorable. They have big eyes. They're the, so... Yeah. They, they're, they're the cuddliest of all sports cars. And, um, yeah. And then I had some friends that were into, like, track days and stuff, and they invited me along to, like, ride along in some cars. Threw me in, like, a... I think it was a supercharged Elise to begin with. Ooh. And I was like, mm. this is the best thing I've ever ridden in. I have to do this. 
Yeah. I must do this. Yeah, that's there's, a good, there's that's something a good starting about, point. There's something about grip and speed that's just an addiction, and uh, yeah, I love it. I got a I got a, a message uh, from like an old uh, an old girlfriend of mine that had actually ridden in the 911 a couple times. Like we only went out for like a, a month or so, and uh, she just messaged me on Facebook, and uh, out of the blue because she saw a, a ma- magazine article about air cooled 911s. I think it was like the road and track issue that had like one of the singer cars on the cover. Mm-hmm. That was and she was like, yeah. she was like, some about like the start of a new addiction or something for her. Like, just even being around people that are passionate about things can get me excited about things. Like when I talk to somebody who's like really into photography, like I want to hear about like I may not understand everything they're saying about their camera or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if you collect Pez, I want to know about it. Like I just like meeting passionate people, and I think that's like a huge key to like being. Like, you know, we've all been to a car show where, like, we meet those guys that don't want to talk about their cars or they don't want anything. It's like, why are you here? Yeah. So I think I think the best thing that we can do to, like, ensure our hobby goes on is, like, kind of be the best possible um, ambassadors for a hobby that we can. And, I mean, there's all the oh, obvious yeah. stuff, like, driving responsibly and stuff. But, like, let a kid sit in your car or... Just take yeah. five minutes to talk to somebody and, you know what I mean, explain something to them if they have a question or just, like, I mean, that's yo, absolutely. the best thing you can do. That's absolutely it's always, the best thing you can do. It's always the kinds of people that put the, you can look but don't ever touch decals on their cars. Like, you're not the kind of person I want to talk to. Anyway. I really, really want a sticker <laughs> for the 911 uh, based on a quote that I made at one of the Stoddard swap meets. I think you were there that year. You actually got a picture of me. And put it mm-hmm. up on flat sixes. It was like before we were like kind of close, but uh, some guys were looking at my car because I was parked next to guys that on their plaques had written like nineteen thousand original mile car or like one of three in this color. And like mm-hmm. under special features, I wrote like uh, "bitch and Kenwood cassette deck, uh, custom made houndstooth RS door panels, exhaust that sets off car alarms." And, like, people were, like, looking at the car and, like, getting close to it. And I yelled across the parking lot in front of all these Porsche people, go ahead and sit in it. It's not the fucking Mona Lisa. (laughs) And I really want a sticker that says that. I feel like that should be one of the first Camden Tub stickers is, like, in the style of look but don't touch. Just write one that says just, like, go ahead and sit in it. It's not the fucking Mona Lisa. That would be fantastic. And we need to make that decal. And I need that for my car, too, because my car is a piece of junk. Put it right above the door handle. I have the plan one day, like, the cars that I really love, like, I'm actually already planning on kind of restoring the Mazda 2 next year, which sounds ridiculous, but, like, I'm not going to be driving as much, and I should be able to get, like, a dedicated winter car next year, and I want to keep my cars really nice when they're done, but, like, I don't ever want to have them to the point where I'm afraid of somebody doing something to it. Yeah. Like, if a kid chips the paint getting in and out of it, or you get a rock chip in the front bumper... Or, you know, little things happen to your car just in the course of driving it. And if you can't afford to fix it, then it's probably too stressful to own the car in that condition anyways. Yeah. I mean, my the, the front bumper on my Boxer is, like, littered with rock chips everywhere. And so I just got some spray paint and I repainted it red because, eh, it's close enough. Did How's you repaint it, it again? Up Isn't it that? gray now? It's gray now, yeah. It was Yeah, red. I like it, though. I like it. It's gray now. This is why I have the 944. Like, my Porsche, it, it's pitted with rock chips in the front. It's, you know, a mishmash of, of resprays of various vintages. It's been totaled before, blah, 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 blah. But, like, my daily driver, I am totally one of those nuts 
that will park in the outer edge of the parking lot. And it, well, I do that too. I mean, that's that's just self-preservation. That's like I don't want it to get hit by a, a you know a door ding. If I can avoid damage, I will. But I'm not going to not drive my car to prevent it from getting damaged. Yeah. Well, there's that. I mean, it's it's a 2010 with 120,000 miles on it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. but I get like frothy at the mouth whenever I see a new ding or chip or scuff. Uh-huh. And like half the time it turns out to be dirt, but it, there's just this <laughs> subtle rage of like, who are you? I'm going to find you and I'm going to poop on your doorstep and hope you step in it. Cause, cause <laughs> no, my car has been violated and, and it wasn't anything cool that I did. <laughs> Yeah, there's, the no thing good, is, when there's no good story to go with it. That that does make it worse. Drift damage. Everything is drift damage. Rock chip, drift damage. Door ding, drift damage. Coffee spill, drift damage. Just put one of those. Just put one of those uh, giant um, uh, band aid decals over the over this coffee still, spill. Like it's it, it happened like, to me before. Like the zip ties and the sharpie and the band aid stickers were cool. I remember one of the stereo. Went, okay, so there used to be a place called Circuit City, and you used to be able to get car stereos installed at Circuit City. And there was a yeah. Pontiac Grand Am GT that had GTP badges and a body kit on it nice. at this place. And nice. the owner, after about three months, hit his front bumper and chipped off the uh, the underspoiler mm-hmm. or the uh, I'm sorry, the other uh, splitter on um, a parking bumper. And they just point through with a sharpie. I'll never forget it. Like I saw it when I was like ten, and I thought it was the funniest thing. An arrow pointing to it, and it just wrote, "This fucking sucks," <laughs> with an underline <laughs> under the sucks. And like I saw that car, like I saw that car in that condition for like years, and I only ever saw it nice once, like right after it was done. And I'm like, that guy is. I thought that, like, I thought the car was dumb, but I'm like, at least he's got a sense of humor about it. That's yeah. dedication to the fail. Right there. Yeah, that is, but that is if, it's, if it's your, I completely agree with Steph. If it's your fail, it's one thing. If it's like just a thing that happened, like if you hit something in the road, I've got a, a crack in my front bumper on my Mazda two because I hit something in the road that like I couldn't avoid, and that sucks because it's not like it's something cool I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, um... well, I I remember one time when I uh oh I, just after I got the ST from the full mounting packaging and then that included um the suspension the prototype springs that I was running on at that time and that first scrape that first one lower carb problems and it's not really that much lower than stock it's like a qu- like a quarter inch to inch when I think it finally settled down to an inch. And then uh, I remember when I was talking to Ken Anderson with Mounting about it, he's like, it's a badge of honor. Just just deal with it. It's a badge yeah. of honor. So you yeah. got the scrapes, you know what, lower car problems, it's a badge of honor, deal with it. it it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially with a car like that, like an, uh, uh, your ST is meant to be driven. It's a driver's car. You've done some work to it. It's stupid fast. It's fun to drive. Just... You know, don't worry about it. Drive. The front, the front, the front bumper's gotten screwed up. Uh, and the windshield got pitted and finally cracked. Uh, I mean, just because I mean, when we've done some lead follow with that car, I'm getting I'm getting pelted sometimes. Uh, and I drive the hell out of it. I mean, I, if I go take it to the track, I, I'm I'm not easy on it. I drive it hard. It's meant to be driven hard. Uh, yeah. I, I love inducing liftoff oversteer and and then feeling 
every single thing that that car can do and knowing I'm on the absolute limit of what I can do with that car. Mm-hmm. And it surprises me. It surprises other people seeing what that kind of car can do. That's the biggest pleasure that I get out of it. Is this is the difference when people between, are like, uh, huh? <laughs> the difference up, between Jason's car and my car is Jason's car is made to, to be driven and my car is made to deliver pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I lo- like, I autocross that car and I was really proud of myself when I talked about it on the podcast, but I was faster than damn near everything out there and I was autocrossing with the Porsche Club. So regardless of how you look at it, there was some really great machinery, but maybe the drivers weren't that great. Um, Usually. Whereas, you know, I'm a mediocre driver in um, decent machinery, but, like, nowhere near the the caliber of the other stuff there. But it's just, like, every time, like, I had a really good run and I surprised people, I'm like, I surprised those people because I probably looked like I wasn't going to get paid if I didn't get that pizza there in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> <laughs> the Mazda 2 is really, really capable for autocross, though. Honestly, like... honestly, of all the cars I've owned, easily in the top five, probably in the top three. And you've owned nice. a lot of shit. I've owned a lot of cars. I've owned, like, almost all of my dream cars. have driven all of the cars I dreamed about owning as, like, a kid. Not necessarily everything I've wanted to drive. But, like, I've driven everything at least long enough to get a feel for it. And out of everything, I'd say the Mazda 3 is easily in the top five. Like, Ma- if you two. told me... Or Mazda 2, I'm sorry. Not Brad's Mazda I love it so much, That's I can't even remember. It's like... And this is probably what the situation's going to be, because I'm going to have to get Beth a car next year, or we're going to have to get a car together for her. If you told me that, like, okay, if you guys want to maintain any decent standard of living, Beth gets the new car, and you have to drive the Mazda 2 for the next five years, I'd be like, eh, okay, I guess. Cause almost it's so hard everything, to live with. Almost everything I don't like about it is stuff that I can change really easily. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really look, looking forward to seeing what they would do with the next gen two, which we uh, not bring here. it to the U.S. Yeah, yeah, but we're getting we're getting the Scion IA, which yeah, is, which they admittedly is ugly, but it's not even so much that the front end bumper is, to uh, it. It's not even so much that the front end is uglified. Maybe I'm like looking at the pictures wrong, but it looks like they seriously decontented the interior too, and the interior Maybe. it's a baby Mazda three interior. So there's that. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I'm belching up my, uh, rather ungracefully belching up my, I thought uh, you were driver. barfing at the idea of a Scion base. No. I was a little bit. Perhaps that, too. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of doing that right now, too. But. Yeah. But, it, like, it it's like a baby Mazda 3 interior. Beth wants a Mazda 3, and I told her about the new Mazda 2, and she looked up pictures of it, looked up pictures of the inside, because I'm on a couple of Mazda 2 groups on Facebook and on, um, a forum, and there's a lot of people from, like, the Philippines and Japan and even Canada that are getting these cars. And it's so infuriating. It's just... What I love about Mazda is that they will improve on a model with, like, no trade-offs. Like, yes, the new Mazda 2 is heavier than the previous generation, but it's also safer, faster, has more tech, and is better built. And it's heavier by about 85 pounds. That's it. Mm-hmm. I can live with 85 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that much. Yeah. That's... That's, that's like that's, a that's hardly new model every bloat. day for a year. Yeah, that's hardly new model bloat, which admittedly I kind of do already. Eat, eat burgers <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The, the it seems like with the what are they calling that? The IA, I think, is the name of the Mazda mm-hmm. Two Scion. The Scion um, Mazda Two we're not getting. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> but they, it <laughs> seems like they just tacked on the front bumper and they left the rest of it Mazda 2. Like the it's got the yeah. Mazda side styling with the the yeah. kind of 
flowy. The surf line, the funky surf yeah. line that I like. Right. So it seems like they just were like, well, our thing is angular, and Mazda's thing is flowy, so we're just going to put this angular bumper on a flowy car and make it not look good at all. I and hate that grill so much. Like, I don't I hate think... Toyota the way everybody else does. I'm disappointed in Toyota. <laughs> You're like a dad. Yeah, like, exactly. Disappointment not, is so much worse, though. I'm not though, angry. Like, isn't it? I'm just upset. It's, it's the worst thing to hear out of your mother. Like, yeah. ever. Because yeah. if somebody, if somebody <laughs> so, hates you, you're like, eh, fuck them if they can't take a joke. But, like, if your dad's disappointed in you, you know that your dad thought that you could do better. Or your mom thought that you could do better and be better mm-hmm. and saw more in you and you let mm-hmm. them down. That's yeah. a million times worse. Yeah. Toyota, that's what you're doing to us. That's Toyota, the situation you're putting us in. It's a frumpy front. It's a frumpy yeah, it look is. to the front of the car. It's yes, just it like, is. it looks like Martin Landau's frowning. <laughs> it does. He's like, ooh. It just looks... It just looks disappointed. It looks, dis- like we said, disappointed at itself. Uh, my yeah. father, I'm remembering what my father said about my sister's first new car that she bought. Not her first new car. It was probably <laughs> her first new car when she was an MD, and she bought one of the beak-nosed Acuras. Uh-huh. As oh, opposed yeah. to, like, literally anything else that she could have bought in that class. And my dad said, that car looks like it has a hair lip, which, <laughs> while slightly politic- while slightly politically incorrect is amazingly accurate. Yeah, a bit. I think it was like an 07 or an 08 or something. I don't know. No, they were 09 when they started the beak noses. Yeah, and, uh, oh, yeah you're right. It's like 09. The, the 07, I think it was 07, 08 TL Type S manual was really good to drive, and I owned its counterpart uh, to that one of the Japanese sedan manual. Uh, are we going to call them muscle sedans? Can we call oh, them yeah, that? the, uh, know, the Ultima SER. I had the Ultima SER, and I really, I, I dug that car. I liked that car. It was it was not bad. It was nice. really pretty good. And I was like, this is when I was like, yeah, I think I could afford a little little bit of something. Uh, and well, if... finding the manual was was the key with that car. Is yeah. That woke it up. I think if there's anything that Honda's always been good at, it's engines, or mm-hmm. and that's and the transmission was lovely. I loved it. Yeah, and I'm I still gonna... a huge fan of the. Um, I'm still a huge fan of the Accord manual coupe V6. With a V6, I love yeah. it. It's yeah, it's so a, it's a oh, cool it's so car. good to drive. That's that's the car that Jalopnik loves to trot out as like the example of like why would you buy an old whatever when you could buy this. <laughs> I like didn't I, remember, I do that with, I, I had one I of those, that last one of those people. Yeah, when I bought my 911, it wasn't like I didn't tell anybody about it for the longest time. Like I kept it a secret for months because it was like mm-hmm. in the winter so nobody saw me driving it and I'm like, "Eh, I don't want people to to give me shit about it because those were the kind of people I was hanging out with at the time." And sure enough, as soon as I posted, somebody took a meme a meme of me. Yeah, I can't talk tonight. Right from the booze. Made a meme of my car and an Accord Coupe showing that the Accord Coupe on paper was faster. I'm like, yeah, you're a magazine racing idiot who has never owned a nice car and will never own a nice car. While my 911 isn't currently a nice car, it's at least nice to drive. Yeah, and, and it makes it's like, you smile. I, I would never spend, like, why would I spend 13 grand on an Accord Coupe when for $4,000 more I could have the car? Yeah, because I grew up with a poster of an Accord Coupe on my wall. Well, now you if sound the like Tavarish. Why would you buy this thing when you could buy this other thing? I suppose, why but it's not like it's a car I'm buying for my... Why when you could <laughs> buy a Trabant imported yeah. from Germany? Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I, why would you buy, and why would you buy a Trabant from Germany when you could buy eight and a half Chevrolet Spectrum Turbos? 
<laughs> oh man, either one of those is like index of effluency domination. Like, yeah. <laughs> Although I want I want a Honda City Turbo so badly. Oh, I so know a guy badly. with one in the U.S. Yeah? and it's surprisingly not Myron Furness. Yeah, I looked at buying the car. It was actually owned because you know all the rubber companies are like in the area where I live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the car was actually used to test 10-inch tires, so it was never road registered in the U.S., and uh, oh, nice. they were going to scrap it, and somebody rescued it, and it was just too much of a project for me, and I ended up buying the Celico, which was like a million times more of a project. But uh, interesting, yeah, that it's ended up being a friend of mine that got a hold of that thing. Yeah. Um, there was a, there's like a 77, I think, Honda Civic on display at the Smithsonian right now. Really? Like a, a, like a mint one? Yeah. Yeah, CVCC. Nice. nice. And uh, that was pretty exciting. There was an EV1 there, which is the only one I'd ever seen in person. They actually had one of the original charging docks to go with it. Nice. They, nice. Had, a, uh, they, had, a, they had a Ford uh, Model A hot rod that Elvis actually drove in one of his movies that's like the iconic hot rod. It's like the Model A on deuce frame rails, flathead V8, black with red interior, red steel wheels with poverty caps, like... When you think of Hot Rod, the car you picture. Yeah. Speaking of Elvis, so, um, I, I've never mentioned this on the podcast, but I ju- I'm just remembering it now. When I went to the Peterson Museum, they had his Pantera. Ooh. Do you know the story with Elvis's Pantera? Didn't with he shoot With the bullet it? hole? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't start one morning, so he got out and unloaded his revolver into the car. <laughs> just like... Shot Sensible. For, yeah, like, fuck yeah, you, car. As you do. I'm shooting you. As is normal when your car won't start. He, so, uh, he also yeah. leased two 507s. Yeah. Yeah, why He not? thought he was purchasing it and getting a really kick-ass deal because he didn't understand <laughs> the paperwork, but he was actually just leasing it, and he was like, oh, okay, and then he turned around and leased another one. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Way to go. He Because he wanted a 550 and couldn't get one, by mm. the way. 507s are prettier, 550s are better. Yeah, I like I the thing about Porsches is is that like I find Porsches attractive because they're functional. Yes. Like yeah. to me, to my eye it's the most beautiful car ever made, but like I understand mm. that's not like any like sort of like objective analysis of like beauty. That's like just me like I find that car attractive because I know what it can do and why it's sure. shaped that way. Sure. It's actually yeah. like it's an attractive car, but it's not the most attractive car, but I think it is. But I understand yeah. that nobody probably agrees with me. Hmm. But, like, a car like the 507 is a much prettier car. I think it's prettier than a Gullwing. It is. I don't actually In think Gullwings are yeah. very... At- I, I don't think they're very attractive cars. They're interesting cars, and that's why I very. like them. I think the 904 is the prettiest car ever made. I think the 250 GTO is a close second. I, the 904 is, is kind of like... Really? Yeah. The uh, the 904 is, I think, isn't that like the last Porsche race car that was actually kind of like styled and not designed to be as aerodynamic yes. as possible? It was kind of designed at the tail end of the, we don't understand aerodynamics, so we're just going to kind of make it how it looks right to us. Yes, era. correct. It this is a designed, gross oversimplification. It was drawn before but, it was made, but yes. Yeah. I'm still um, sticking with the Mira. I'm... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, oh, Mira Mira is is I'm sorry. No, Mira's... Mira is still it for me. It it gets all the fizzles the right way. That car still yeah. speaks to me. I love the choice. Mira so much, it's and I and I love car. the Mira more than the Countach, way more. And I, I, I had the Countach on a 
I, 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 I still dig it, this, but the mural but I love is the perfect. Steph, how do you feel about the Kuntosh? You can either uh, you can either dominate Brad or you can uh, tie up. You know, Lambo's. Uh, I, I like that it's insane, but it, it never quite hit the spot in the same way that you know, like the two point seven Carrera RS. That's oh, yeah. that, that's my fizzy spot. That is the most punk rock Porsche ever built. It's so great. There's like a big hole, mouth hole in the front for the <laughs> oil cooler. Oh, Brad, oil cooler. So great. Yeah. So I have great. Brad, when we saw when we saw that one at European Collectibles together. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I could see one in mid restoration. It was so amazing. I haven't even I seen a such clone a gorgeous car. Close. I would love to see a real. I would just love to sit in a real one and just like feel that like. Well, I was at RS um, Mojo. I was at Gooding over last weekend. Not. This previous weekend, but the one before. Didn't they have and, a uh, like gold blue one that I I saw on the internet, and I was just like, I if, if that if, one that this. one was at uh, Bonhams, and it went for like less than a quarter million dollars because it was garbage. Oh, it was gosh. trashed. Um, it could have been our new company car. We could have bought right? it. Easy, yeah. Talk to Gawker. Like, get on this. Um, but why didn't we buy this? We had people but, uh, at Pebble, you know. Yeah, yeah, they could have easily put up a, a paddle, a bidder's paddle. Um, yeah, that. But that the problem with that car is that it didn't have its original engine. And, don't care. Right? No, I don't either. But collectors do. Collectors and, are duh. And it was supposedly retubbed at some point, so it wasn't the original chassis and it wasn't the original engine. So race so, car. Right, exactly. A lot of, here's the thing. that It was a 2.7 RS we're talking about, right? Yes. And here's the thing. I don't really care, for the most part, about origin. I mean, I care about originality, but it's not a deal breaker for me. But in the case of a 2.7 RS, if I was buying one, I would want it to be as close to original or at least as close to all original RS components, even if they were from yeah. other cars, as possible. Because it's like, right. at that point, why am I paying a premium for a 911 when I could just buy right. a 911 and build a clone? Exactly. That's what I if if I, if it was my money I would just buy an on eleven and build a clone. Yeah, because I mean, if that's... it doesn't have a if it doesn't have the two point seven RS engine, if it doesn't have the special lightened bodywork, if it doesn't have the special glass, if it a lot right. of that stuff you can easily replicate. You can even get the fuel tank. You showed that to me, yeah. Brad. Yeah. But a lot of that stuff is just kind of like special to that car, which is what makes it so valuable. Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but anyway, I got to show the, off my dumbass tattoo auction. again. Oh, fine. At the good the... there were oh she can't even see anyways doesn't matter. There were three uh, RSs, two RSRs, and two of the RSs were lightweights. So oh. there was yeah, it was insane. Like I was in Porsche heaven. It was crazy. And they had a 904. They had a 906. They had a um, uh, RS60. They had the Le Mans winning 956. They had a 959 it was insane it was literally the most insane porsche sale i've ever seen ever very cool anyway i just sent over my reaction because i don't have video um it's a lot of eggplants and a heart (laughs) yes that is my also reaction I would like ooh that would be a that'd be a pretty color to build a clone like an eggplant color like a purple color That'd be Albergine? like a puffalump colored, yeah, aubergine. That'd be like a puffalump colored uh, RS. 
Well, aubergine is a Porsche color. They actually yeah. paint cars in that color. I love they're, uh... that the new RS comes in bright, like, yes. not really a bright purple, but... Um, it's, a, it's a dark purple, it's but it's a dark purple, but out. it's vibrant. Yes. And it, it uh, makes love, me uh, so happy. Ultra, ultraviolet, ultra I think is what they call it. It's, it's great. Yes. More purple cars. Yes. My uh, my yeah. two favorite MG colors are uh, from I believe seventy three and seventy four are uh, black tulip and aconite, which are just basically two different shades of purple. Nice. If Amanda I could get an aconite her... MGB GTV eight, that'd be like perfect car. Mm-hmm. My wife Amanda's first car that she bought with her own money was an Oldsmobile. I want to say it was an Alero. Ugh. But it was purple, and she bought it because it was purple. And I was like, "You know that what? Is Alero thing was an attractive car for its class." Sure. When it came out, sure. Yeah, I I had the Grand Am as my first. Car, I did. I had one as well. Didn't, didn't I, my hate first it. car was a Grand Prix? So I can't hate. I can. I had one wow. for a little bit. I had the '99 because Ram Air. Yes. Oh, okay. you had That's, the Ram Air. I had so, the Ram Air. I had the SE2. <laughs> I had one. Wider is better. Uh, not have Ram Air. Wide track. All the other so, bells uh, and whistles, not the Ram Air. So speaking of uh, pedestrian GM it added, cars. It added a whole five horsepower, so don't Speaking of really... pedestrian. And, and, yes. uh, and triple side moldings to look good and <laughs> yes, buttons and the The age the dash. of body cladding. So, anyways, oh, no. <laughs> okay, I gotta ask what car we all came home from the hospital in, because I came home from the hospital in an 86 Pontiac Sunbird, and I have a theory. So, Brad, what car, because you just talked to your dad, what car did you come I home f- from the hospital in? I have no idea. Steph, no you have idea any either. idea? Um, it was a Cutlass Supreme, I think? It was one of the Ooh. 80s? Nope. Early yes. 80s? Yes. It might have been a Grand Marquis, I'm thinking, for us. might have been that. Huh. Okay. My theory is that if you came home from the hospital in a boring car, you spend the rest of your life trying to make up for it. If you came home from the hospital in an exciting car, you could care less about cars. And the reason I say this is because uh, one of my best friends in high school came home from the hospital in, like, a Mazda pickup truck or maybe, like, a Nissan King Cab. I can't remember. It was uh, Mm -hmm. either he owned one while we were in high school and came home from the hospital in the other. Like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. the same truck, but it was just, you know, a a mid-'80s small Japanese pickup truck. Uh-huh. Um, which are cool, but not really like an enthusiast car. But his brother came home from the hospital in a freshly restored uh, ruby red '68 Porsche 912, and could care less nice. about car. Could not care less Aww. about cars. Well, but hmm. I, well, and I came home in a, in a freaking Sunbird. And when you look at the other machinery <laughs> that my parents owned in that era, they had a Pontiac Firefly, which wasn't even sold in this country. It was a nice. Suzuki Cultus captive import that, instead of being yeah. sold as the Chevy Sprint. In Canada, was sold as the Firefly, but we're so close yep. to Canada, I guess it snuck over. And they had Firefly like turbos. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know we had Firefly turbos. I could have come well, home from the hospital in a Pontiac Firefly. We didn't, but we did get Chevy Sprint turbos, which are the same thing. And Suzuki yeah, and Swift the Spectrum GTIs. Turbos. We got, I'd rather have a Spectrum Turbo, because it's an Isuzu, right. uh, it's a Suzu Gemini. My sure. give a shit on those are very minimal right now. <laughs> Man, my the Cutlass was like cool though. Like I have yeah, the weirdest yeah. thing for Oldsmobiles, yes, especially in '98 because we grew up with a '98, and the '98s are just they're cool. Even like that when was they went the other to, car I could have ridden in. My parents had one. Like even when they went to front wheel drive, I think they just had that kind of like 
demure swagger that yeah, like, before they like got into man's... the era of body cladding. Yeah, which, before the not when... your father's Oldsmobile bullshit. I liked yeah. my father's Oldsmobile. It was like a, it was like it was like a demure muscle car for like a distinguished gentleman that like had gotten all of that out of his system earlier, but still liked it. Or like, like a Cadillac for people who didn't want to show off. Like you had yeah. the same amenities, but you didn't have the showy, flashy Cadillac stigma. You had yeah. um back in back in the age before like BMWs really caught on. Like you're like just reached middle management, like upper middle class, aspirational. I have arrived car, like park it in the driveway so the neighbors can see car, was the Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. And that got mm-hmm. very quickly overtaken by the BMW 3 Series, not only because they were great, they were much better cars, but like that was during the era of Oldsmobile, we're not your father's Oldsmobile. But a lot of people that were buying those cars were buying them because they wanted their father's Oldsmobile. Like, sure. if they had kept that brand around, like, if they continued even making cars like the Achieva SCX or like the uh, the front wheel drive Tornado Trofeo or just like the Quad Four Four Two, like interesting, like you know, like we're not gonna kind of like what Cadillac's trying to do now. Like GM killed off. This is why I hate General Motors. They killed off, and in, in, in addition to several other reasons, they killed off Oldsmobile when it was the oldest surviving American car brand, mm-hmm. so that Ford could take the throne, which is fine because I like Fords better, but. Then, years later, they try to make Buick and Cadillac what Oldsmobile always was in the first place. Yeah. And that pisses well, me off to no end. Yeah, I think I think more than anything, I was just upset that they they killed off Pontiac when it was starting to have good cars. Oh, yeah! Because that's what the ATS was supposed to be initially. It was exactly. supposed to be a Pontiac. Yep. Well, what about the Pontiac Because if you, if you look at that dash, you cannot tell me We Pontiac. didn't get the G3. It looks like a Pontiac. Yeah, we did. No, no, no. Oh. G3 they was made a, a ton of them. G3 was Canada. Oh, yeah, I see. Here's that. the thing is they had when they announced the um when they announced that they were axing Pontiac, they had something like a 180-day supply of those cars, and I think a lot of them trickled in to this area mm-hmm. of the country. Here's yeah, the thing. I see like Acura ELs all the time, too, and we never hmm. got those. If Weird. I if I drive five minutes from my house, I can see Lake Erie, and from where I'm looking at on Lake Erie, Canada is only 40 miles north as sure. the crow flies. No, so I it's understand. Like, I grew it up takes in the a Midwest. lot to get there. Oh yeah, you lived here, so you get it. Yeah, but, but I see yeah, a lot of like I got, get confused sometimes. I see a lot yeah. of stuff that we weren't supposed to get. But the the G5 was not terrible. The G6 was actually like lauded as being good for its class. Um, the G8 was fantastic. They had, um, the, uh, there the Solstice fire... too? Solstice, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah the Solstice like, and the GX Speed. They had the Solstice, Solstice Coupe that they only made. Oh, uh, yeah. What yeah. is it, 1,200 and some of? Very rare, those yeah. Are, those are awesome. I saw With two the craziest of those in one day, like, last year. Yeah. Like, how did I see two of those in one day? I don't know. There's probably like a good a thirty or forty of them in Reno that I see a lot. So isn't that what coops? Uh, no, no. Just yeah, total. I'm talking but about I've the coops. Because the coops, yeah. They... One of the coolest things is I went to the um, uh, the Lingenfelter collection in Detroit. Oh wow! And he has a coupe that's been malleted. Oh yeah, those oh, are. Wow. They did that for a while. He's got the the LS one. Uh, actually, I think his has an LS7, the 505 
horsepower version. Mallet was cool when I was in high school because those guys were like the hometown heroes. They had a little booth at like the Cleveland Auto Show and they're like, yeah, oh, nice. we're right in... I can't remember where they were, but they're like within 40 minutes of, of where I live. Nice. So we were always excited. Like, I want a twin, I, I want a twin supercharged LS7 in a Pontiac Solstice <laughs> to enjoy... Right up yeah. until it hits a tree. Because that's the stuff you think is cool when you're in high school. The GTO, I loved the new GTO. That yeah. was the best retro muscle car. It was the most retro out of all of them. Yeah. And I'll stand by this until like I die. it like a regular sedan with actual with power. crazy colors, mag wheels, dual exhaust, and hood scoops, and, and big power. Which is exactly yeah. what the original GOAT was. Yep. However, if you're an inbred hillbilly who just want to scratch off, you just want something that looks like an old muscle car. <laughs> So you go by Camaro, you know, Mustang, Camaro. Camaro, Challenger. Bitchin' Camaro, bitchin' Camaro. Oh, I liked the little shout-out last week, by the way, Brad. What was that? About the Hellcat. You mean on, you mean on the non-podcast that we're on right now? On our other podcast? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I forgot. So, I, I always hate to end a podcast on a somber note, but uh, just before we got on to record, we heard the news that uh, Mr. Justin Wilson had passed away from injuries. And it sucks, and it's probably uh, the worst yeah, news of the year. Um, really terrible. What's, really, really terrible. Where Where do we go from this? What, what do we take away from this? Is there something, I mean, other than we've lost one of the best, brightest, funnest, most hilarious people in the paddock, um, and really stupid fast. I mean, he had... He had really good finishes in less than great cars. Like he, he deserved a full season ride. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. but anyway, um, I mean, freak accident. Up, I mean, is... there was really nothing you could do to prevent it, other than I don't know. My only thing is, is maybe they should go to a, an enclosed cockpit, yeah. especially on ovals. Racing is a racing accidents. Fatal racing accidents are always a tragedy, and I'm always. I'm always kind of stuck in the air between like which ones, what feels worse, and it always feels bad. But which one feels worse, whether it's something we can learn from and improve and save other lives in the future, or something like this where it's a freak accident, you can't do anything and feel completely hopeless. Yeah. Like you, you lose a wheel, or you know, you're running ahead, you know, you're running in first place and you lose a wheel, or you lose oil pressure, or something happens and you lose the race. You can say that's racing. Or your buddy bumps you out and you don't finish. That's racing. You can't say that's racing when, like you said, when we lose somebody. When we lose one of the best, brightest stars ever. But it feels like in this situation, like, it was like a completely, like you said, short of having an enclosed cockpit, there's nothing that could have prevented this. And that well, just makes and, it feel so helpless and awful. Yeah, uh, that's one of the downsides of this is, like, I, I look at open wheel, open cockpit racing, and I think maybe we shouldn't do this on ovals anymore. Maybe this should be just for you know, NASCAR and, and fully, fully closed cars with closed wheels. Like it's, it's getting to the point where like the problem that I have with, with open wheel, open cockpit cars on ovals is that when you're racing them on a road course, there's runoff area. There isn't usually a car crashing in front of you when you're going 210 miles an hour and all of the debris field is still on the track. Like, if you crash on a road course, your car is probably going to make it off the circuit, and the debris is probably going to go off the circuit. Like, chances are a lot higher that it's going to go, it's going to end up out there. Whereas on an oval, you hit the wall, and the stuff just bounces back into 
the field where all of the cars are. So especially when you have the leader of the race crashing, which is what happened on Sunday, the entire field behind him has to avoid that that debris field. And that, that I think, is the danger that we're, we're up against these days. So the you're suggesting are so maybe runoffs on, uh, runoffs on ovals? or No, I'm suggesting no. only running fully enclosed cars on ovals. But you also have road courses that are pretty tight, like Watkins Glen. There's sure. not a lot of runoff. Sure, but it's I not mean. nearly as high a speed, though. Yeah, that, you have a little more true. reaction time. The thing is, is that type of speed attracts a lot of viewership, and a lot of the audience wants to see it. Uh, I, the, the problem I get that. is, and and racing and and every driver knows this. You have to accept the risk that you will die, and you get when you get into that car. You have to accept that risk. There it's just is, there. That is racing. There is that risk, but but life is all about mitigating risk, in my opinion. Agreed. So agreed. If there's something we can do to prevent something like this from happening again, and be that I I, I don't know the answer. I'm not the race steward. I'm not going to be the guy that makes these calls. But if we could. Continue running these high of speeds, maybe with a closed cockpit, or maybe with closed wheels. I don't know. I What I wonder is, you know, and I, I, I hate to even comment on possible changes right now, because anything's yeah. going to sound knee-jerk, you know. No, that's true. That's true. But, you know, I'm wondering, uh, the nose cone in particular is a very heavy piece, yeah. You know, we, we tether yeah. wheels so that they don't fly off. Sure. It, you know, in only the rarest of, of circumstances. I wonder if maybe they might look into tethering the nose coat on somehow. Uh, I, I don't know if that would even be doable, but... That's yeah. it's just one of those Occam's razor solutions to a very serious problem. But yeah, that brings up a good point because nose cones are pretty much designed to be replaced easily because they get damaged very easily. But in this case... Having it, you know, be easily removed meant in the case of an accident, it became a very serious projectile. Yeah. So it's just a perfect storm of shitty things all happening at once. Yeah, and and Steph has a good point. I don't mean to be knee jerk, but I no, no. it's one of those feelings that you have. Like I want to, I want to be able to do something. Right. We've we've lost somebody in the community. We have a platform to speak about it, so we're going to do the only thing we know how to pay tribute to them, and that's in our case is to talk about. Yeah. You know well, how this could be prevented in the future. Maybe instead we of that, we should back. just we should just remember him. And uh, you know, I met him a couple of times. He was a great guy. He always had a smile on his face. I never so. got the chance to meet him, but he always seemed very, very nice and uh, a yeah. welcoming person. Uh, and he also was on the Hooniverse podcast last yes. year. About to say. Uh, it was it was podcast uh, fifty five. Uh, wow. which kind of had a 54 on the car, which is kind of interesting, uh, on the on the website. But Podcast 55, uh, Justin was on uh, Hooniverse Podcast, so please uh, go back and listen to the stories that he has to talk about because they were amazing, and he was yeah. uh, quite the gentleman. I mean, this was a guy that, uh, he, to, in order to get his start in Formula 1, basically put himself on the stock market. Like, that was how he raised the money to get into, um, I believe it was a minority. And, yeah. <laughs> it was a minority. And he was always, the, like, the tallest guy on the grid. He What is he, 6'5"? <laughs> I mean, he's a giant. 
Um, not not the racing car uh, driver statue. <laughs> uh, like the, you just. So. Uh, it's a great picture of him next to Almendinger. I, yes, I, I saw is. that. Where Almendinger standing on the tire. And and Almendinger looks like Mini Me. It, it's yes. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw him race at Daytona. I I've seen him race a couple of IndyCar events. Um, you know, it. No matter what he was in, he was always pretty darn quick. And uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, not even forty yet, and that sucks. So, um, to all the other drivers out there, stay safe. And, uh, yeah, remember Justin. So I, I hope that people will, you know, kind of analyze the video and, and see what went wrong, how went wrong. I'm, I'm sure that has to be being done. I mean, I would hope that IndyCar is doing that. I really... I would think that it would be irresponsible if they didn't. The cars changed so radically after Weldon passed away that yeah, I, I think well, it's probably I mean, that going was... to hasten along the next generation of Indy cars. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. The that was the thing was was Weldon was actually the development driver for this car, and that the race in which he died was the last race for the last last generation car. Excuse me. And, um, so that was a, that was planned obsolescence. Like it wasn't, uh, like you said, kind of a knee jerk kind of thing, but, um, that was actually planned to go into, into spec the next year. So, but it is interesting to see maybe where this new chassis, well, not new now, but, but where this current chassis, um, takes the impact and things like that. And it's, it's amazing how safe it's been thus far. I mean, all those accidents we had at Indy. And everybody pretty much walked away, aside from um, Hinchcliffe's um, leg injury. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer, and I don't know what to do. I just feel sad, and I, I wish there was something I could do. So. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, on that terribly sad note, I, it's probably the end of the podcast. Um. Steph, do you have anything that you want to shout out? Any new articles you've written or any um, upcoming things that you want to talk about? Well, my Porsche is still (laughs) broken. (laughs) Um, Let's end it on a high note. My Porsche is still broken. No, no, that's still depressing. (laughs) That's still depressing. Yeah, <laughs> having having owned a nine four four, there's there's two states of nine four four ownership. There's currently broken or about to be broken again. Well, yeah. it's not really even broken. I just need to find a way to attach the muffler, and then mm. I can go break it. <laughs> but you know, as you should, as I should, as a so nine four four is meant to do. But. Porsche wow. Classic coat hanger reproduction. <laughs> <laughs> So where can people find your things, your musings, uh, the Twitters, the Instagrams, um, the websites? I'm Steph the Peth, uh, nearly everywhere, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Fluffy Bunny Eater of Souls is the one public Facebook page that I have. Please like it. <laughs> it's it's okay. all one word, Fluffy Bunny Eater of Souls. Um well, its display name is Fluffy Bunny, comma, Eater of Souls. You okay. Know, obviously. 
Um, but most of my writing is the Black Flag sub-blog of Jalopnik. So okay. go find it. It's it's kind of branched off of the main page. Everything we do gets shared to the main page anyway. But You can uh, get there directly at blackflag.kinja.com? .jalopnik.com. .jalopnik.com. Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... You've been listening to the dulcet tones uh, of Bradley Brownell, Mr. Jason Connor, and Mr. Cameron Vanderhorst. And together we form the Camden Tubbed podcast. And all and, form the uh, head. <laughs> 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 and like I Sorry. said uh, earlier in the podcast, you can catch our podcast every week, Friday mornings at 7.30 Pacific time on Hooniverse.com. The Hooniverse network of podcasts. Um... Of so, two, we uh, we really two. appreciate you. Hey, but it works. We're a network. We're good. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff can be here universe. today. Oh, uh, go ahead. Jeff and Chris couldn't be here today, but I'm sure they would uh, have very similar sentiments for Justin. And uh, Chris would want you to make sure that you could follow him on Twitter at Hayes Data. Um, Hayes Data, so you can see his <laughs> rantings at two in the morning, and also <laughs> Shout Engine. ShoutEngine.com. Get your own damn podcast. Uh, we are also on Shout Engine. It's a hosting such service. great podcasts as the Camden Tubbed Podcast, the Hooniverse Podcast, the, Hooniverse the Smoking podcast. Tire Podcast, and Hentai Kings. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also, uh, uh, let's see, we're also see our videos on um, YouTube.com slash The Hooniverse. When when do you think that S7 video will be ready, Jason? Uh, well, we just shot it this weekend, so it's going to. Yeah be a little bit of time for there um i did shoot the mercedes sl 55 amg video yeah when's that um, going up? last last weekend i should be finishing the edit on that this week and then whenever we want to get it scheduled for posting cool. uh so as my you know for the a3 yes i uh i've had the a3 cabriolet so i'm gonna hold on a sec the a3 2.0 t quattro s line oh which means which is every which it's a fifty it's a fifty thousand dollar golf cabriolet. <laughs> so it's uh I mean uh, we could save it for the video for the most part. In okay. a nutshell, we'll nice talk car. about it on Camden Tubs. Yeah, we can do it there. <laughs> yeah, tune in on Friday, but, nerds. <laughs> uh, the the video will be posted on uh, once I get it finished up and edited. Uh, be posted on the universe, uh, universe uh, YouTube channel as well. Uh, interesting car, um, expensive, interesting car. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks I for just, uh, stopping by, everybody. Uh, Cam, Cam, I think, has something to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say for all of you regular uh, Hooniverse podcast listeners that haven't tried the Camden Tub podcast, uh, we really appreciate you tuning in and giving us a chance. Yes. And I hope you come back on Friday, but if you don't, I totally get it. And Blake Z. Wrong <laughs> is a poop. He is, is a he? poop. Yeah, because he moved to Texas. Who wants to oh, live in yeah. Texas? Uh, I Who live, in, to live Texas? in Ohio. Texas is I awesome. would like to live in Texas. <laughs> Dakota uh, is practically my backyard. Yeah, but they only have like three events there a year. My, my backyard that's 20 minutes away, but still, that's yeah. like way shorter than everyone else's commute. Yeah, sure. Uh, I used to have a job where I would talk to people during horrible, shitty events in their lives, and I got to talk to people from all over the country, and by and large, the nicest people I ever spoke to without fault were from Texas. Woo! I got invited to so many houses and ranches just because I happened to be the other guy on the end of the phone nicest people in the country that I like as a whole obviously there's nice people everywhere and I've, I've met a lot of them 
but yeah. almost almost everybody I never met a mean person in Texas, and I waited for it for three years. Never happened. Well, you haven't met Blake yet, so don't worry. Well, about they're mostly it. mean <laughs> behind your back. <laughs> no, I like that's Blake. Blake's a backhanded though. So that's true. Blake is. They do the backhanded, the condescending. Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Oh man, I've had to like catch myself writing that in articles because it's the meanest thing I can say. Is it really is. It's, it's horrible. It really is. Oh, sweetie. Bless your heart. Oh, oh, Brad's doing that because he knows I hate that. <laughs> There's nothing I hate more than somebody condescending me that, like, obviously is, like, like, it's the one thing that they've got over on me that they're happening to get me on, you know? Like, yeah. they, whatever. But they're always like, oh, honey. And, like, they're laughing when they say it, like, oh, oh honey. Like, oh man, I just want to feed you into a wood chipper. <laughs> um, like, Steph, I think you had one last thing you wanted to say. Wanted um, to say? Well, uh, one of the things, going back to Wilson, they, they've set up a trust fund for his kids. Yes. Um, I, I think that's Very worth valid. noting as well. Yes. Um, in lieu of flowers, because flowers just, flowers wilt and, and go away. But yeah. you can help support the two young daughters that he left behind um yes contact information um, is floating around um indycar i believe posted the right address uh, yeah okay here it is here it is uh donations can be made to wilson children's fund care of indycar 4551 west 16th street indianapolis indiana 46222 thank you there you go. Thank so you if you're that. so inclined, you, send them a few bucks. Um, he's got a couple of young daughters that uh, probably need to go to college. So, um, yeah, do that. Well, it, it wasn't the, the best place to start. But uh, anyway, thank you, Steph, for stopping by. Yay. Um, thanks to my regular co-hosts, Cam and Jason, for making it a memorable one. Uh, this is the Hooniverse <laughs> Podcast. And uh, we'll be gone away from this next week. Your regular hosts will be back, hopefully. Um, thanks for listening, and have a good night. Take care. Popalumps. Popalumps.